Yes. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this day and age now at this hour? But only the true fans, the true hardcore fans. The, the people who have been with us since the beginning, when we started in uh, 1905 as a radio drama, the real hardcore fans that have been with us from the beginning would know the two uh, basic truths, I would say, about us. Yes. Two facts, two undeniable facts, undeniable, really real, and in no way made up on the spot facts about the two of us, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that in your spare time, you're a very successful hand model. So tell us, Bunny, how do we get hands like yours? How do we get the Bunny look? First, as we've all learned, Hand models were a whole different breed, baby. Okay. Whole different breed. Yeah, we are. We are. We are obligated to say that in the beginning of any broadcast where we will be talking about uh, yeah. hand modeling uh, per the Hand Modelers Union. Um, so I—that's I, just a little disclaimer I am forced to make. Um, a lot, a lot of moisturizer. Uh, you want to, you want to fill a like a rubber glove uh, with with lotion and put them on before going to bed. You know. Um, yeah. Let me get my right hand for this one. Um, a lot of masturbation to to get the really? the muscular strength that you need. You know? Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so those are the two biggest things. Oh, and of course, clear nail polish. Oh yeah, of course. Yes. To get that glisten, with a, that gleam, with a nice buff. You yeah. Know, they got to be really nice and buff. Yeah. You know, don't worry too and... much about the nails themselves. Because that always winds up getting yeah. photoshopped anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice close-up on the glasses. The glasses are very cool. I mean, I can't see them normally. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do extreme close-ups. Because when you're watching it on the facey pages, it's just a tiny box. So I'm trying to get closer, Yeah. you know, in your face. And the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of well, history. Well, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Let's, let's talk a, would you like a bigger box? No. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little bit, but not a lot. For the both of us. So you can get the full experience. That's French for experience, in case you didn't know. Probably don't know French as well as I do. <laughs> so, uh, the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style, and that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of... Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, 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 dun. 
or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. It is short and different and popular. It's the Smurfette of podcast segments. I'm watching you uh, change the box sizes in real time, and it's tripping me out, man. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, um, this, anywho, this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be doing a shocking first. This is a first, first time ever on this podcast. This is not a Shap. This, my friends, this is a Shapquel. A Shapquel. It is a, a Shap sequel. It is a direct sequel to a previous recent Shap. More specifically, this is a sequel to the Shap that we Shapped nine episodes ago, meaning that this week's Shap Quill is a direct sequel to the Shap that appeared in the Pope on film, episode 287, a good episode. The movie was The Turning, which is a piece of fucking shit. And that Shap was about Donald Trump and his obsession with owning an NFL team. This chap yes, is yes. a direct sequel to that one. But before we get to that, let me do a quick cliff notes, a quick cliff notes on the original chap, chap prime, if you will. Yes. Donald Trump. Donald Trump has always been obsessed, not necessarily with wealth, but with the appearance of wealth. Okay. It's less been about how much money can I get, but how much money can I get people to think that I have? A lot of times he says things like, oh, well, I'm worth a billion dollars. And it's like, okay, well, let's talk about, uh, you know, uh, like how much cash do you have on hand? And he, he, he has said previously in court documents and legal filings and, and in interviews and all of that, that, that a large portion of Donald Trump's money comes from the worth of his brand name, which changes daily, which is his way of saying the name Trump is obviously worth... $800 million. Yes. So I'm a millionaire, which is bullshit. Yeah. Tom Hanks isn't a trillionaire because his name's popular. That's not how money works. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway Donald Trump has always been obsessed with, with the appearance of wealth. And so for decades and decades, he's been obsessed with wanting to be the owner of an NFL team because in the circles that he travels in, being the owner of an NFL team is a big status symbol. Fortunately, the NFL has repeatedly shot him down and has refused to allow him to purchase a team. So in the mid-1980s, Donald Trump purchased the New Jersey Generals a USFL team which is kind of like the RC which was kind of like the RC Cola of uh football at the time yes thereby making his is so so his his big plan was Donald Trump's big plan was to sue the NFL bankrupt the NFL and force the NFL to merge with the USFL thereby making his USFL team the New Jersey Generals an NFL team by default 
And when Donald Trump was finally finished with the USFL, just like America, Trump had completely decimated and dismantled the USFL and it went out of business. And people said, hey, that guy who's horrible with businesses, maybe he should run America. And it went exactly <laughs> how we expected. It went exactly how we expected. Yes. So, uh, now, what's... What's that up ahead? What is that I'm seeing? What is that? Is it a mirage? No, it's our Shapquel. First of a kind, it's a pioneering podcast segment, and this Shapquel starts in a very odd place, inside the palatial estate of singer John Bon Jovi. Okay. Apparently, Bon Jovi is besties with Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is the owner of the New England Patriots. So the owner of the New England Patriots and Bon Jovi are good friends. And then uh, uh, Robert Kraft is like, hey, do you want to meet the owner of the New England Patriots? His name is Bill Belichick. With a name like Bill Belichick, he basically had to be a football coach. Yes. It wouldn't have been like a... a, a orchestral genius Bill Belichick a legendary poet Bill Belichick no he was destined to be a PE coach mm-hmm. with Bill Belichick so uh, so Bon Jovi is best friends with Bill Belichick best friends with New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft he's tight with the New England Patriots and the Patriots even gave him two Super Bowl rings so Bon Jovi is deep in that NFL life apparently and so one day in 2014 uh, the owner of the Buffalo Bills uh, of the Buffalo Bills the owner yes. of the Buffalo Bills, a guy named uh, uh, Ralph Wilson, he dies. And the Buffalo Bills go up for sale. And Bon Jovi is thinking, and he's like, hey, I'm hanging out with Robert Kraft. I'm hanging out with Bill Belichick, the coach of the New England Patriots. I'm hanging out with the owner of the New England Patriots. Uh, maybe I should think about owning an NFL team, you know? Maybe I could buy the Buffalo Bills with all of my shirtless 1980 money. Yes. I can buy the an NFL team with all the shirtless 80s money I have lying around. Well, Bon Jovi has money, but he doesn't have enough money. So what he does is, and he's like, okay, I know some rich people. I know some very rich Canadians. Apparently, Bon Jovi has a lot of Canadian friends. Yes. Canadian millionaires, whatever. Bon Jovi knows Canadians. That's fine. Uh, so Bon Jovi uh, gathers a consortium of rich Canadians that he knows, and they agree to team up together, pool all of their money, and purchase the Buffalo Bill. Now cut to Donald J. Trump. Fun fact, you know what the J stands for? It stands for alleged rapist. <laughs> Donald alleged rapist Trump. 
It's 2014, and Donald Trump is just attacking our first black president 24-7. Donald Trump was one of the leading proponents of the birther conspiracy, which is, oh, yeah, our first black president, he was obviously born in, like, a freaking field of Africa. And it was, it was a sneaky way for racist people to say they were racist without saying they were racist. It was essentially... Uh, you know, because nowadays, racists are basically out in the open. You know who's a yeah. racist. They have a Trump 2020 bumper sticker and a MAGA hat. But back in the day, uh, racists were still hiding. And they're like, oh, I'm not racist. I just want to see our black president's birth certificate. And yeah. right at the forefront of that was uh, Donald Trump. And due to these attacks, these racial attacks, and he's attacking our black president 24-7 that he starts getting contacts in politics. And people in the right, in the far right, who hate our black president are like, huh, uh, Donald Trump is sort of everywhere attacking our president. Huh, maybe maybe uh, I should get to know him. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, Donald Trump, hey, I'm a political consultant. Hey, keep my name. Maybe we can get together something. I don't know. He even does a speech in 2014, his first speech at the Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, and afterwards, Donald Trump's all like, huh, a lot of the right-wingers like me and all the racist shit I'm spilling. Uh, maybe, just maybe, I should go into politics. Should I? This is what I'm going to think about in 2014. Then the Buffalo Bills go up for sale, and Trump goes, okay. Maybe I should get into politics. Maybe I could be a senator. Maybe I could be, I don't know, maybe even president. What was that? The Buffalo Bills are going up for sale? Okay, fuck politics. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Don't want to be a politician. God damn it. I need to own this NFL team. <laughs> it's always been my dream. I'm forgetting politics. God damn it! I need to own the Buffalo Bills by any means necessary. Okay. You have no idea. I've been I've been on this shit since the 70s, since the 80s. I bankrupted the entire USFL just so I could be an NFL team owner. This is my chance. I'm gonna. I need to own the Buffalo Bills. So he, he, he gets his money, and he puts in a bid. It's not enough. So he goes, he goes to Deutsche Bank to get a loan, and that's uh, important. Uh, let's remember that. Uh, put a pin in it. Thank you, honey. Uh, put a pin in that. He goes to Deutsche Bank to get a loan. And uh, he gets money. It's still not enough. Uh, Donald uh, Bon Jovi and his consortium of Canadians have raised 1.3, uh, I think, billion dollars yeah. to purchase the Buffalo Bills. And uh, yeah, and he, Donald Trump, got all of his money. He got Deutsche Bank money. Uh, it, even that's not enough to beat the team of Bon Jovi and wealthy Canadians. So Donald Trump is all like, damn, I can't raise as much as the writer-singer of You Give Love a Bad Name. <laughs> uh, there must be a way 
to beat Bon Jovi to the punch. But how? In my mind, Donald Trump is literally just the Grinch trying to find out some way to stop Christmas from coming. Yes. But how? So he's trying to figure things out. Um, now, first of all, Donald Trump being Donald Trump, he fucked up every step of the way. For example, he's like, hello, NFL, I'm Donald Trump, and I'm here to purchase the Buffalo Bills. And it's like, okay, well, if you want to put in an official bid, you need to fill out all of this paperwork. I'm not going to do that. I'm Donald Trump. Just let me buy the Buffalo Bills. And it's like, no, you have to fill out this paperwork. Well, I'm not doing that. How much money do you want? I'll give it to you now. And it's like, no, there's a process. We need you to fill out the paperwork, which I won't do. And then we need uh, your, uh, you need to submit your taxes. And you know, Mr. Pretend Billionaire didn't uh, give his taxes to the NFL. He didn't even give it to the goddamn American people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Donald Trump hires a political strategist and big-time sleazeball named Michael Caputo to help him. And the way I imagine it in my head is Michael Caputo, uh, Donald, thank you for hiring me. I heard your CPAC speech. I think you've got potential, and I think that you might be ready. It's going to be a long uphill battle, but are you ready to finally get into politics? I think you could go all the way. Are you ready for this? And Trump's like, politics, fuck no. I need to beat John Bon Jovi. <laughs> you need to help me beat John Bon Jovi to purchase the bills. Yes. I don't have enough money. How can I purchase the bills and defeat John Bon Jovi? <laughs> uh... So in 2014, Donald Trump and Michael Caputo secretly begin Operation Fuck Bon Jovi. That's not the official title, but I imagine that's the title they used for their operation. I just came up with it. But the two of them came up with an idea. What's a good way? And this, this whole story has so many shades of the Trump presidency because... Donald Trump and Michael Caputo said, okay, well, we need to get people on your side. We need to get people to turn from Bon Jovi and get on your side. What's a good way to get a bunch of angry Americans on your side? Good old-fashioned lies and racism! So, So Trump and Michael Caputo head to Buffalo and plant the rumor that if Bon Jovi is allowed to purchase the Buffalo Bills, he will move the Bills to Canada. Do you hear that, Buffalo? Bon Jovi is going to let foreigners steal your NFL team. Yeah. How dare Bon Jovi, who lives a life of privilege, thinks he can come here to you, hard-working, patriotic Buffaloians, and steal your NFL team and give it to a bunch of foreigners, a bunch of Canadians. We need to let Bon Jovi know that this will not stand. 
all of this is a lie. It's total bullshit and kind of racist, but this shit takes off, and suddenly Buffalo overnight... John Bon Jovi becomes the most hated man. They're burning Bon Jovi records. They're burning effigies of Bon Jovi. They're having anti-Bon Jovi protests. Trump makes up these signs for the front doors of bars and restaurants and sports bars, proclaiming them Bon Jovi-free zones. Okay. No Bon Jovi out at this sports bar if you do you're getting a sock right in the eye because Bon Jovi's gonna steal our NFL team and give it away to a bunch of foreigners Trump even hires someone to write a parody of living on a prayer <laughs> about how Buffalonians will never allow Bon Jovi to own their team. I'll be damned if some 80s jean-wearing long-haired pretty boy is going to come here and take away my sports team and give it to some damn bacon-eating Canadians. I won't let foreigners take my NFL team. And, uh, yeah, in 2014, before his candidacy for president... Donald Trump spread lies, rumors, fear, and racism in an attempt to buy an NFL team. And apparently, now it's been uncovered that Trump's entire plan was to disgrace Bon Jovi, disgrace the Bills, making no one want to buy the team so that Trump, ever the vulture, would be able to swoop in and purchase the team at a massive discount. Okay. But I guess that Donald Trump and Michael Caputo were uh, in no way prepared for how successful their lies and racism were because to this day, if Bon Jovi were ever to go to Buffalo, he'd basically be beaten to death. <laughs> He's just the Thanos of a city. Yes. And that's bizarre. To me. And of course, the entire plan didn't work because billionaire businessman Terry Pagula outbid both Bon Jovi and Donald Trump, and now he currently owns the Ball Bills. So uh, neither Trump or Bon Jovi won. But uh, yeah, so everyone went their separate ways. Donald Trump once again gave up his dream of owning an NFL team, but I'd like to think that the whole Buffalo Bills thing that he did in 2014 was just a, a, an accidental test run for his presidential campaign. Yes. Like, huh, I just saw how easy it was to lie and no. use white people's anger and fear to further my own agenda. Because basically what he did in Buffalo was just a microcosm for how he won the goddamn presidency. Well, like a, like a foreshadowing. Definitely a yes. foreshadow. Did you read this Dead Zone? Yes. Okay. You, you remember where, where was... Greg Stilson had gotten out of his car for some reason and there was a dog trying to be his friend so he beat the dog to death with a stick. It's a foreshadowing yeah. of, of what, a, what an evil fuck this is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because I was going to just mention another Stephen King book. Uh, 1122, what is it, 64? Yes. Uh, 
ridiculously huge time travel book about the day that President uh, Kennedy was assassinated. I absolutely love that book. Uh, Amazon yeah. turned it into a miniseries, and that was amazing. I did. Uh, I did the book on audiobook, and I thought the book was excellent. Uh, and I just started watching the miniseries. <laughs> Yeah, the miniseries is really good, but he, but they the the concept that they say in that is that um, history doesn't repeat itself, but there are shadows. Yes. That appear and repeat. But yeah, so so Donald Trump attacking John Bon Jovi was just a shadow of what was to come, and uh, John Bon Jovi to this day. Buffalo, New York hates his motherfucking guts and it's all thanks to Donald Trump's lies and Bon Jovi has not played in Buffalo since 2013. And the thing that gets me about this whole story is that if you know about Donald Trump bankrupting the USFL in order to get an NFL team and then Donald Trump making up lies and racism about Bon Jovi in order to get an NFL team, his entire presidency... uh, he spent a huge amount of time trying to bankrupt the NFL <laughs> because of his own goddamn personal agenda. And yeah. it's like, it's like if I became president and I'm like, first order of business, we need to talk about the real enemy plaguing America. Older brothers named Jose. <laughs> they kick you in the ribs. They uh, take all of their all, all of your father's love for you. <laughs> so so Donald Trump, his entire presidency was just oh so uh, people are kneeling in NFL games. That's horrible. You Americans should stop watching the NFL. Stop watching it. Bankrupt them. You should put them out of business. They hate America. Yes. And it's like motherfucker. This is just. You illegally trying to bankrupt a business as president to further your own personal beliefs. Like, fuck you. <laughs> but the best part about this entire story is that, uh, uh, what was the name of Donald Trump's fixer? Michael Cohen. Yes. He was doing his uh, stuff on Capitol Hill and he was being interviewed. He was uh, spilling the beans. <laughs> the the lighthouse style. You have to spill your beans. <laughs> and somebody asked him, like, "Oh, has Donald Trump ever illegally inflated his own wealth to a uh, to a bank or to this and that?" And uh, Michael Cohen is like, "Oh, yes, in 2014, he he had me." Uh, uh, apply a loan for him to be able to purchase an NFL team and he lied through all of that and he gave the records to uh, the the government and now those records are in the hand of the US Attorney General the New York Attorney General who is hoping to get him for lying because the whole the, when he was applying for a loan for Deutsche Bank Trump was like oh yes uh, I can apply for a loan I have a lot of collateral there's my winery which is 200 trillion 
square feet and is worth a billion dollars. And like, he was just lying through his teeth about how much money he had. Yes. In legal filings. And now that might be the thing that takes him down. In a way, um, John Bon Jovi and the NFL might very well take down Donald Trump. Okay. Is a sentence I never thought I'd say. Yeah. But here we are. Welcome to 2021. And that is it for my first Shapquel. Our first Shapquel on the podcast. It is a sequel to uh, episode... I already forgot. I wrote it down somewhere. I'm a little bit high. 287. If you want to hear part one of this Shap, head on over to the Pope on Film episode 287. The movie was The Turning, and that's a piece of shit. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening, and be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations! And cut on that. Buddy!